Eric Sammer is the founder and CEO of Decodable and has been one of the really leading lights of event streaming tech in the last decade. I was delighted to have him on the show today. We're talking about event streaming, databases, streaming databases, terminal databases, kind of how, again, exploring this theme of, of how we query streams through Eric's eyes. Let's listen in. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Real-Time Analytics Podcast. I am your host, Tim Berglund, and I'm joined in the studio today by Eric Sammer. That, that is entirely true. Tim, actually, thanks for having me. It actually is. <laughs> Eric, welcome uh, to the show. And um, Eric, if you don't know him, he is the founder and CEO of a company called Decodable. And Eric, for people, who, if, in case anybody doesn't know, um, give us a little bit of your, how'd you get to where you are? Uh, yeah, I mean, so Decodable is a stream processing platform. I mean, really what we do is, I mean, it, it's not wildly complicated. We connect to source systems, we process data in real time, and then we connect to sync systems, um, including things like Apache Pino and StarTree for, which we love. Well, thank you. We love. Yes. Um, uh, to process data and make it available for whatever the use case is. And that can be as simple as cleansing and transformation and masking PII data, you know, uh, in the cases of systems like like Startree and Pino, where that data is being served back out to some application in real time or user-facing analytics, all the all the, the use cases that I'm sure you could probably describe better than I could. Um, but also things like powering uh, data warehouses for offline analytics and, and model serving and those kinds of things, or even just feeding that data back into other Kafka topics that are powering like microservices and those kinds of things. That's kind of decodable in a nutshell. Yeah, so integration and real-time compute, stream streaming compute. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, so both SQL and uh, these days we also support kind of what we call custom pipelines. So basically like the the Flink API. So you can build, uh, okay. you can take a pre-existing Apache Flink job and kind of drop it into Decodable and get like all the Decodable magic, nice. all the sort of hosted managed stuff that we do around Apache Flink and Debezium and those kinds of things. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, and yeah, uh, in the, in the, the Pinot case, and we'll, we'll kind of, we'll sort of get to Pinot. It's, it's, that's not necessarily what today's conversation is about. But uh, in that case, it's, uh, I guess, not unusual that you don't just have the topic lying around with all of the fields in it magically. This is what I would like my table to look like. Oh, look, I'll just ingest that. You know, so doing that um, streaming enrichment or join uh, prior to ingest is a, I mean, even that is a fairly simple thing to do. But. Right, right. I mean, you know, nobody watching this show, but some people don't have the cleanest data in the world. Uh, certainly. So, That's not our subscribers. But right. Then there are those others. Right. Yeah. So so no, none of you, but some people mm -hmm. are taking data from like various, let's call them legacy systems, mm -hmm. you know, loving, loving systems, you know, yes. things that we care about, um, critical data. I mean, like, you know, jokes aside, I mean, it's everything from like, ERP systems and like CRM systems mm -hmm. uh, and then joining that with like user behavior data or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. or um, uh, clickstream and event data or ad serve, you know, ad right. event, Truly ad impressions. things yeah. with 
legacy sort of entity data. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, you know, getting that sort of structured the right way. And especially if that data is coming from multiple systems, you know, sort of uh, normalizing that, even the field names and sort of making it um, optimized for the least amount of um, uh, uh, what I would call uh, useless processing at serving time. So like there's certain processing you need to do at, at serving time, you know, or, or sort of like a presentation application time, uh, things like aggregations and sort of, you know, filters and projections and those kinds of things. But I think what you don't want to be doing is like crazy regex, you know, to like parse out sort of different elements or rename fields and all these other kinds of things to serve that data in real time. If at what serving you, time. Right, at serving yeah, time. Yeah, you'd rather not. If the thing that you care about is latency and query concurrency, right? So like yes. the question here is like, can we cook that data in the way that is most amenable to the end application? Right. Like, at least in the case of something like Pinot and, and Star Trek. Right. Does right. that make sense? It really does. There's a, and this is kind of, we're going there. This is kind of what, what I wanted to talk to you about. This yeah. is your, uh, this is Eric's first appearance on the Real Time Analytics podcast. I really don't think you're last. I think this is going to be a thing that we just do. I appreciate that. Uh, of course. So I've been exploring this theme on the podcast recently. I'm, I'm calling it uh, how to query a stream. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's a, a an interesting perspective. I just kind of want to, I, I, I want to get it the way you peel that onion and the way you think about that. But the thing you just said about cooking the data to make it most amenable to that low latency, high concurrency querying, uh, like you do with Pino, if, right. if Pino is the, the terminal uh, state or terminal location for the data, um, that's a good idea. Yet there is still a slider that you set there, right? Because the old way of doing it before, say, there was a Pino or anything like it, um, if you had to do this, you had... Uh, and we were talking before the show, we were talking about the serving layer. You, right. you said something about serving. And wh where my mind goes, um, and, and this is a little bit, I think, unfair, but I think, oh, you mean the key value store in which you put your pre-computed aggregates. And so there's that side of the, the, the continuum where right. you've really quite, you've cooked it and it's plated and there's a little drizzle of balsamic right. and a puff of of you know, uh, palm puree on the side. It's like, you, you know, you did a, a thing, um, which is hard to do. And you have then no flexibility in, in the questions you ask in the serving layer. You get to look up the keys right. that you've prepared. And right. then um, from there, you've got, well, I will just execute arbitrary SQL against my Postgres table and, you know. And what could go wrong, right? Like uh, literally yeah. nothing except right. concurrency and latency. <laughs> right. Um, so in between, we've got all kinds of engineering decisions and, and you're right. You do need to cook that data to get it prepared, but you still want some flexibility and interesting indexes potentially, right? And this is what I've been exploring is what do you really want? What, what are the ways that you want to ask questions of those streams? So what is, you know, Eric Sammer's position, decodables set of opinions, yeah. uh, yeah, well, you, you, what's your perspective? I I think you I think you nailed it, right? Like, look, in a perfect world, the the cooking of the data is largely a um, like in a perfect world that would be unnecessary. You'd be able to do whatever you wanted, like in a perfect universe, you'd be yes. able to do like whatever you wanted. Yes, at runtime, at query time, be because there are infinite computing and storage resources available 
yes. in the serving layer. You right. can do whatever you want and it's instantaneous. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so to your point, you can think about that as, you know, okay, so like if that's the ideal state, assuming that it is, and, and again, like with reasonable data quality and those kinds of things, mm-hmm. right? So like there's always like those kinds of things that you probably want to do. But like, and then at the other end of the spectrum, there's the optimized for a single use case, mm-hmm. which might be like, uh, ad serving and optimization, like a behavioral vector, like a feature vector, yes, you know, or something like that, which yes. might be at the very far other end of that. Um, but again, like even that, you know, is only going to be able to be optimized for a single use case. It's it's about specialization versus generalization. Yes, right. And so I think what people are doing is that they're trying to find, trying to get as close to the generalized case as possible so that they don't have to support multiple kinds of systems so they can reduce like the you know the operational overhead and the, the yeah. systems they need to support like if i if i needed uh you know 15 different databases to serve like one application like at some point that becomes prohibitive you yes. know in terms of like overhead and stuff like yeah, that yeah so at some point it becomes you know resume altering <laughs> right right <laughs> Exactly. Um, you know, at that point you hit bingo, right? And like you just win the database, you just win database bingo right. and like you're all set. But I mean, um, you know, so I, I think that like that's not ideal. And I think what people are looking to do is figure out exactly where do they set the spectrum? You know, where do they set the needle yeah. on that? And I think that um, – so I think if you have that single use case application, which I don't think anybody really does um, – you know, or that use case drives so much revenue or so critical to the business that it makes sense to tweak for that. Mm-hmm. Um, ideally, you would want a more general system. And in that case, yeah, yeah. you're talking about just laying out the data and having the ability to change that structure of that data over time to be optimized for a set of use cases. Yes. And that's what I think the combination of a relatively flexible database system with some of the more advanced features beyond like just like a KV store, right? More sophisticated indexing. Not that not that you have any sort of opinion or bias about this, but like, I mean, some, some, <laughs> um, which is okay. I, I think to have, I think your bias is right. Um, but to have like you know sophisticated indexes, long term storage, you know, like yeah. support for aggregations, you know, maybe even joins and like all mm-hmm. these other kinds of things that I think uh, Pino is a good example of a system that does this pretty well, you know, and, and at scale while still getting sort of the latency and stuff like that. And then you have like this other side of the coin, and and I think stream processing is meant to complement that and be the Swiss Army knife to cook that data to whatever degree makes sense mm-hmm. before it flows into that system. Yes. And that is, I think we've laid out a set of engineering decisions and, and really economic decisions, same thing, a, a family of trade-offs between those two extremes because, you know, you you allowed, and I think we have to allow for the possibility of that key value serving layer. Like, hey, maybe there's a time that, that that's what you need and it's right. appropriate to build that. And, and, you know, even though you're aware of, of, Real-time analytics databases like this. This time, no, we have to do this. Um, I think we can grant that wise engineers might make that choice. Right. Um, you're still sacrificing. You know, you're going to get all the concurrency and all the latency, low latency, all the one over latency that you need. You're going to give up on freshness because you have to pre-compute. And that's all. Thing. Yeah. But you know, so you do that. Um, but that's unusual. That's 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 kind of strange. And over here, you're with the the, the more as you say, supporting more use cases. Another way of looking at that is you're saying, I'm not going to make those decisions in the infrastructure layer. 
I'm going to be able to push push those decisions out into the application layer. Right. So now I can construct a query and change my mind in the application about what I'm going to do. And right. we're, we're allocating where the complexity goes. And this is a bunny trail we need not explore long. It just reminds me of uh, Kafka. Mm-hmm. Um, and Kafka's kind of decision to be dumb internally. Um, it's, it's stuck with that. And I think it's a very good decision. Um, because I've, I've presented slides about Kafka and sort of intended software architecture and, you know, the more tenured people in the audience have said, Hey, that looks like an enterprise service bus. I've seen this. Yeah. I see you. I'm going to find you. you know? uh, <laughs> I have opinions. <laughs> right. I don't, people who have been hurt. And, and, and that was justifiably, you know, I like validate that pain, but that was the opposite where all the smarts were in the thing and not so much out here. And Kafka said, nope, this is going to be dumb. The smarts are in the consumer. Right. And we're saying kind of the same thing, that there's a point at which you want the application to be able to tell the serving layer what it needs um, and, and make the serving layer smart enough to be able to react to that. But because we don't have computers that are made out of high temperature superconductors with no parasitic reactances and <laughs> infinite storage. We are not living in a Star Trek episode. Right, right. You don't get to do all that. Yeah. I, I think, um, you know, so, so again, like if you believe that you are probably not going to exist with a single database system or a single source system, like uh, as yeah. a, either the source or the destination, yeah. but you also don't want 20, right? Or 50, you know, to power like a single application or a okay. single service. That gets back to that. Right. We want that small as possible. Right. So, I mean, and again, like there's technical reasons, of course. There's also economic reasons and operational reasons and like all those other kinds of things. And so I think, you know, at least the way I look at stream processing here is this is a system that can act as the the right place to uh, make decisions about what data is where, what shape it's in, and then give you the abstraction point, um, some of the intelligence that isn't built into like the broker layers and those kinds of things, which I agree, keeping that building block is actually very, you know, simple is the right decision there. So that you can compose this in a way that makes sense yeah. for a particular application or system. Yeah. And I want to flag something. We're talking about Kafka and we're also talking about Decodable. Yes. Uh, there isn't or any, I am. You, you are. I, <laughs> I well, am. I, we have the founder of Decodable on the show. He's going to talk about Decodable. Um, it, it, it's, I mean, Kafka is kind of the de facto standard and yep. everything, but there isn't any necessary connection between the two. In the case of Decodable, your integration and stream processing on top of things what hold events. Right. And Kafka is one of those things. Yeah. And I mean, for us, the way we think about the world is there's, you know, uh, the source side tends to be event streaming systems. Uh, Kafka, Red Panda, Kinesis, GCP, PubSub, mm -hmm. you know, everything sort of in between. Um, operational database systems, OLTP system, Postgres, and those kinds of things for which we do change data capture and, and that uh, as sort of the technique for integration. Um, and maybe things like object stores and, you know, S3 and, and those kinds of things where we're sort of pulling files. And then on the sync side, it's all of those plus these real-time OLAP databases, which tend to be more on the destination side than the, yes. right, than the source side. Yes. At least 
uh, in our world. Uh, they're the source and from the application developer's perspective, right? Like, because they're querying uh, that system. Uh, yeah, yeah. Right. From the application, it's right. where you're asking, right. but from the perspective of the data, it's a terminal node. It's a terminal node yeah. in the graph, you right? Don't, you don't have... Pinot queries go back and feed streams. I mean, you Tip could. You could, but typically not. It'd be weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, of course, like the data lake, data warehouse systems also sort of come into play, which generally serve more of those or, you know, there. I think there's probably some overlap between those kinds of systems and the real-time systems for sure. But like, you know, in the Venn diagram, there's like the set of workloads that are just like, I need to store the last, you know, 500 years worth of, you know, uh, click events. And I'm going to use that for offline models training or right. BI or something. Right. Although, like I said, like I think increasingly the real-time databases, I won't put words in your mouth, but I will say maybe that those things in the Venn diagram overlap more over time. There are always fuzzy boundaries in these choices. Right. 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 Um, I used to get the question, does KSQL DB compete with Postgres? Right. Same and deal. Like, well, no. Well, no. But you know, there are going to be these little things where, well, I have a this table that I'm feeding with connect from a topic and right. I only have one index that matters. Well, okay, that's a fuzzy boundary there. Right, right. Um, and so I think you're, you're right about um, business analysis is not the driver for real-time analytics. Right. Really. Um, but I, I, I think in the margins, there will be interesting questions. And going forward into the future – as you know, people are are understanding that exposing the data of the enterprise to business analysts and decision makers um, was the thing that was cool thirty years ago, uh, and the thing that is cool now is exposing that to users. Like right. once that's established, then I think the notion of how one serves data and how long it ought to take and what we do with it, there's a shift there, and there's there's probably expansion into into more traditional business. Right. That's that's. We're five years from that, I think. Right, but right, right. Databases, though. Yes. Um, Love them. Aren't they great? <laughs> yes. Love them. Where would you be without them? You Where know? would you be without them? Yeah, I also love them. And um, there's an interesting spectrum there. And I, I kind of started this idea of querying streams. And I, mm. I kind of want to come back to that. Mm. And like, what do you think about that? Because there's, I mean, we agreed that Pinot, just for the thing that I focus on, that's a terminal node. Right. The data goes there and then applications ask it questions and that's great and it's engineered for that. And yeah. you kind of have to have something that's engineered for that for it to meet the non-functional requirements that exist there. Um, and then there's, there's you know, Postgres, which everybody knows and loves and it does things. And in between, there are the so-called streaming databases. There's, I just mentioned there's been KSQLDB that Confluent has had. Yeah. Uh, there's Materialize, there's Rising Wave, there's mm -hmm. uh, Delta Streams, there's um, all these folks that we know who are solving this problem. What's going on in there? Because that's another one of these, there's a sliding set of trade-offs. Yeah. So how do you reason about that? When is it right to do one versus the other? You know, I mean, and I'll preface this with, you know, I have a horse in this race, right? So like, you know. Talk about your horse yeah, too, please. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, and I, I say that purely for like full disclosure reasons, right? Because right. I think the context around this matters. So, I mean, my perspective on this is that um, very practically um, stream processing and things like materialized view construction and maintenance and 
the actual query side of this, mm -hmm. right, are mm -hmm. effectively three components to the end-to-end -end flow there, right? Okay. And so, like, there's a group of people, and I'm probably in this camp, who believe that we will probably never build a better query, like, storage and query layer than a team of people dedicated to something like Apache Pinot. Okay. Right? And so our perspective is there's an entire uh, team or company's worth of work, community's worth of work to be done there. And there's all sorts of different reasons why you might choose different storage engines for all the reasons that we we're talking about before. Like sometimes KV store, you know, makes sense. Sometimes it's Pinot. Sometimes it's an OLTP system because you have to, you want to do in database joins and like all these other kinds of things that like your dimension data is already there. And so you might, and like your, your, your fact table for lack of a better definition yeah, yeah. is small enough that what you actually need to be able to do is like join and then serve that data as part of a larger application. Like who knows? My position is like, there's so many variations on that, that uh, it's very difficult to imagine gluing those things together in one system versus allowing the customer to say, I can cook and prep this data in various ways and then send it to whichever system makes sense for our use case. Okay. Right. So I think that separation for me is sort of like keeping the smarts out of Kafka. Okay. It's about keeping the stream processing layer. And again, there's trade-offs, right? Like I, I want to be clear about that, but there, you know, is about keeping the stream processing layer relatively simple compared to that plus all of the stuff that Pino does as a, for instance, which is like a whole nother can of worms. Mm -hmm. Um, and ultimately, what we see is that there's no one destination for this data. I think, like, to your point earlier, like, you know, it's going into Pinot. It might also be powering various other things. And our sense is that if you try and cram that into one storage query sort of, you know, serving what I'll, what I all uh, 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 simply refer to as, like, serving, you know, of that yeah. data— yeah. Uh, serving broadly and not, right. not my serving means key value store right. bias, but just right. where it goes for people to ask questions. Right, exactly. You know, to the application, like in, in sort of like whatever that is. I think that there's many different ways that 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 needs to be done. And there are different scaling properties. You know, some of these systems are horizontally scalable. Some of them are vertically scalable. Some do both, right? There's uh, you know, um, there's uh, services and API calls that need to get powered. It, it is the data integration uh, method for a lot of external systems and those kinds of things as well, like writing data into an S3 bucket that like if you're a, a B2B company, like a customer then has access to, like as a way of exposing, you know, uh, telemetry about, you know, their account, like think audit log or something like yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you know. Okay. So, so from our perspective, keeping those things separate has some pretty distinct advantages. And so like, that's how I think about Flink versus like the, the, the streaming databases of yeah. the world. Yeah. Um, 
that isn't to say that I think that that means that there's no good technology there. I mean, with all the love in the world to to Pinot and Star Tree, I think that there are use cases where like you want to use a rising wave or a materialize or a K, a K SQL DB, whatever the case may be. And in that case, we would like internally at Decodable, we actually don't think of us being sort of competitive with these things. We think of them as also being terminal nodes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That, that, that applications can then rest on. Right. But like, there's other places that that data goes. Yeah, and see, intuitively, I think that's true too, um, that there is this streaming database niche in the world, and I, I don't know how big it is. Um, and it, it feels like we're, we're very much in an exploratory phase of that part of the stack right yeah, now. Yeah, I think there's so. this flowering of companies solving the problem. Right. And, um, there's clearly a there there. Right? There's the, a there. The, you yeah. know, there's enough people there who, who think that that's the right way to do things. And, and like, look, from my point as a vendor, it does not matter what I think. Like, yes, I have a view of the world. Fair enough. What matters is what customers want to do. Yes. What, like, people watching this kind of show want to do with this data. And, like, I kind of look at that and go, like, do I really have a right to say, like, you're doing it wrong? Like, it's just, like, a bad look. Yeah. It's a bad look. Yeah, your, your job is to serve them in the way with the yeah. things that you do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I mean, we still have points of view, but certainly, um, certainly have it, a vision for the world. You know, yes. if, if, if you will, a vision for the world. Well, Tim. You know, that's, <laughs> that's here. We are in the Bay area recently, <laughs> recently moved to this. So I, I have to have a vision for the world. Welcome. I'm told I have to have a thesis. Do you, you, do, do you, you have to have a thesis? I think you have to have it. You have to have a, a thesis. Okay. Uh, you definitely have to have a rolling fund. You okay. know, like, right. you know, uh, I have some puffy vests, so I think I'm okay there. You have a Patagonia vest? Uh, I have a good Patagonia outer shell. I don't think any of my vests is Patagonia. All right. And I'm from Colorado, too. You, that's that's kind of shameful for you, me. You get a B plus. Okay. You get a Silicon Valley B plus. I got some good Patagonia pants, too. Yeah. That have, they have seen some action, I'll tell you what. We'll let it slide. Uh, so, okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. Whatever just happened. I am, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm learning to adapt to this yeah. new area. So, the streaming database question and that 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 middle ground i'm trying to figure out like i i know that is not a general purpose analytics solution because generally your indexing flexibility is is low right you you tend to get kind of key value looking things yeah um and i'm i'm just trying to nail down some parameters around i mean you're right that it matters what customers want but also typically folks who listen or watch this show they're like Wondering, okay, well, how do I how do I think about the architecture of this yeah. new world? And I'm trying to get some parameters around what are, you know, is that more for like kind of transactionally oriented queries? Like I want point queries of things. Can I use those to do a certain category of of event at a time, real time analytics computations? Yeah. I'm just not sure. I think. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like, I think um, I could probably come up with cases where I think that that makes sense. And maybe it's, you know, I don't know, uh, some kind of like real-time matchmaking and gaming or something. I don't know. I could probably come up with like those go. kinds of things or leaderboard, you know, surveying yeah, 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 or something yeah. like that. Um, things that uh, change frequently mm-hmm. um, and benefit from having the most recent, you know, the freshest data, you know, humanly possible there. You know, I also believe that you can do that with, Postgres and those kinds of things. Sure. And like, it's the thing that you already have or MySQL or Mongo or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I recognize that like there's some, there's some uh, batteries included by having the processing mm-hmm. integrated tightly with the serving layer. 
Um, at the same time, I think the litmus test question for a customer is uh, for a user of the, you know, if you're like building, you know, a platform and trying to figure out like when and where do I use these things is like, does this data or a version of this data, a cut of this data go to multiple places? If the there answer, you go. If the answer is yes, I think you actually want a stream processing system, not a real-time database. Yes. And, and uh, sorry, a streaming database. Because I yeah. recognize that like streaming database, real-time database, there's a little bit of like fuzziness mm-hmm. for some people around those terms. When I say streaming database, I mean things that sort of natively do like the stream processing workload and like the materialized view calculation and those kinds yeah, of yeah. things. Again, like a, a rising wave or a materialize or a KSQL DB or something like that. Um and I, you know, I think if the answer is no, my data is only ever going to this one place, then like there are operational advantages, quite frankly. <laughs> like I'll, I'll just, I'll put in a pitch for, for those guys. Like, you know, I think there's an operational advantage to not running a separate system, mm-hmm. right? Stream processing plus, you know, serving, you know, done, yeah. you know, and especially if that fits on like one node, those machine, those things are like very efficient with like that single node style deployment yes, and stuff yes, like that. Yes. So you know, on the other hand, I think like for a lot of people, you know, or at least, and again, selection bias, the people that I talk to, they're like, I've got Pino, I've got S3, I've got some Snowflake, I've got some, you know, 87 microservices. And like, they all, you know, I need to make a API calls to Twilio to send SMS messages when certain events happen inside of my system or something like that. You kind of go like, okay, like, look, that is a stream processing engine, which we think is Apache Flink that is doing that processing, creating those curated output streams and like, and you know, and you should of course be using decodable, you should be using decodable. Absolutely. 100%. And then sort of like connecting to those systems and, you know, some of them are append only, some of them understand like updates and deletes Mm -hmm. and those kinds of things. Pino understands upsearch these days. Yes, it does. So like that stuff is super cool because we can emit, like we do change data capture processing and then like flip bits in those records, like in real time. Mm -hmm. And then you get the low latency query and like the uh, query concurrency. So if you're serving uh, any kind of like, again, I'll use the the leaderboard thing because Diablo 4 just came out and I'm playing a lot of it. Nice. I shouldn't say that, but like I am, I'll play uh, a lot of it. You need ways to decompress. Right. I, mean, I, I frankly want to make more time in my life. Founder gaming. founder therapy. That is what I'm Let talking me tell about. You. Yeah. But, but I think like being able to serve all those different use cases yeah. is, you know, that's the Swiss Army knife in, in right. my world. And to me, that's the difference between a streaming database and a stream processing platform. There's more to explore here. There's more to talk about in the world of stream processing. Next time. It, there will be a next time. Yeah, absolutely. My guest today has been Eric Sammer. Eric. Thanks for being a part of the Real Time Analytics Podcast. Honestly, all jokes aside, thanks for having me. This is really great. It's always fun to hang out. And there you have it. If you feel compelled to help us spread the word and grow the Real Time Analytics community, you can give us a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever fine podcasts are sold. If you're watching us on YouTube, hey, subscribe and of course, hit that notification bell. And you can always share your favorite episodes on LinkedIn or Twitter or wherever it is you do social media. Thanks, and I look forward to talking to you in the next episode.